Hello, thank you for joining us. This is What Counts by Trailblazer Consulting. In this podcast, we highlight proven solutions that we have developed through our experience working with companies across various industries, and we talk about how you can apply them to your company. We share our experience working with companies to solve their information management challenges. We tackle records retention schedules, program implementation and training, and more complex challenges like asset data management. This is Lee, and in this episode, Moore and I will talk about setting up and executing a visioning discussion with management to set out near, mid-range, and long-term goals for your company's information governance program. Thanks, Lee. Hi, everyone. This is Mora, and I am actually really excited to talk about visioning sessions. Um, they are an idea that evolved over time as we've been doing this work, and I was thinking as we were kind of getting ready for today, I was thinking about how the visioning session really serves as a transition from data gathering and an analysis and the analysis phase into the implementation, the let's get something done phase. So if you think about the last few episodes, we talked a lot about how to do an assessment, how to identify key emerging themes or key risks or key strengths. And you've gone through all of that. You've you've looked at your assessment findings, you've got some ideas about where you can go next. And we've talked about a few of those in past episodes as well. But we've been, as we've been saying all along throughout our many episodes of our podcast, this is a group effort. This has to be about consensus. It's about how the organization behaves toward information. So now that you've got an idea of what you think is the best way to go, It's time to bring together not just that small group of key stakeholders that you've been working with all along, but a bigger group of leaders from across the company. So we we like to, when we work with our clients, make sure that there's someone there from legal, IT, HR, finance, kind of the back end of your business, but also from each of your key lines of business or departments or functions. So if you are a pharmaceutical company, you're going to have research and development, sales, distribution, and compliance or quality assurance, maybe the regulatory side. If you're a software company, you might have product development, sales, and customer service. Depending on your organization, you're going to know which groups do we need together to bring together into this visioning session. The idea here is you want different voices in the room. And you're coming prepared with everything you found in the assessment that supports your ideas of what's going well, where there's room for improvement, where there's a a risk that really needs to be addressed. But you give people, you give everyone else a chance to talk about their ideas as well when you bring the group together. Yeah, I totally agree. The old kind of saying is we want to go paperless, right? Everybody gets together and they say, oh, we want to go paperless. Well, okay, that, that's a great goal. What does that exactly mean for each one of those groups that you that you mentioned, right? It could be completely different for accounting than what it does for customer service. So I think getting the groups together and having them hear themselves is a key component to this too. Yeah, you're exactly right, Lee. What I always find the best part of our visioning sessions is watching the people in the room talking and talking to each other and learning things from each other, things that they may have taken for granted about another part of the company. Uh, They think they know how accounting works, 
um, or things that they're really surprised by. So that's a huge, a huge benefit of doing this. All right. How do we go about getting a visioning session going? Let's talk about some logistics. It is hard to have a collaborative, really effective discussion with 45 or 50 people. So if you've got a, an exceptionally large company with very diverse business units, you might want to have more than one session. And we have done that a few times because the ideal number for this type of visioning is really between 15 and 20 participants. Um, obviously, if you're in a smaller company and you can't and you don't have 15, that's fine. You know, bring all the, the key leaders together and you have 10 or 12, great. But 15 to 20 is a good mix. It's enough of a base that you get different perspectives. And it also, people feel some kind of um, safety when there's a big enough group, they can talk up that somebody else is going to agree with them. And so that's, that's a helpful situation. So if you're going to do more than one session, if you're going to split it up like that, there's a couple of different ways you can go about it. You can try and engineer who's going to be in which session, work with your, your small group of key people that you've been, your steering committee that you've been working with all along to figure that out. Do we want to divide this up by field people and headquarters people? Or do we want a mix of field and headquarters people and we want to divide it up by functional area? You also probably want to have a couple of people who are in all the sessions so that you have some continuity beyond just yourself. You want your steering committee maybe to be in each of the sessions to hear the different things or a champion that you've identified early on, a, champ, a champion from one of your business units that's been really helpful, have that person come to more than one session. And if you're gonna do multiple sessions, you're gonna to need to bring the findings together before you make any big decisions. Okay, timing. It is hard to get senior people to give up more than a couple of hours at a time to come together and do this kind of really focused collaborative, kind of free thinking, creative process, but, but we need them. It's great when you can get four hours. We have not always been able to get four hours from our clients, but you want to try and make sure you get at least two. You want at least two hours where executives can commit to being focused and in the room, phones down, not checking email, and really engaging in the conversation. I was going to jump in there more because today's day and age, right? In the room, how quickly can that happen? That's a good point. It is hard to get people physically in a room right now. And you can do this with Zoom. You can do it with Microsoft Teams, some other video conferencing capability, not advocating one over another, but you can do it that way. But it's going to be harder it's going to be slower because you lo you lose something in the interaction. People, I think trying to keep people focused while on Zoom is just a, a key thing. Keeping people focused in a video conference is much harder than keeping them focused in a room. And it is hard in a room anyway. You're in a room with 20 people. They've all got their phones. They, you may be in a company where um, everybody brings their laptop to every meeting. I had one CEO that I worked with who was like lids down in every meeting, tell your, you know, put your lid, put your laptop down. You cannot be looking at it. Keep your phones turned, you know, 
put away or face down on the table. Not, you're not looking at it. And the CEO was strong about that. He was modeling that behavior. And so everybody followed his lead. But if you have a company where a CEO gets distracted or where the senior person in the room gets distracted and they're checking their phone all the time, then everybody else is going to follow along. And it is much worse when you're talking on video conference because how easy is it to open up another window next to the, the conference window that nobody can see and you're doing some online shopping? Um, so there are some things you can do. You can make sure that you have some ground rules. Everybody agrees to them. You have to watch. You as the facilitator need to be watching the camera boxes, seeing if people are focused or not. Call on people and Bring your, your small steering committee, bring them into the mix um, so that they are helping you to watch the faces and to call on people and get them to, to participate. Because if you don't have that participation, the value of a visioning session really drops and it becomes more of a lecture. You're presenting your findings and your recommendations. Everybody's nodding silently. And so you think that they're bought in and that they're ready to go. And then when you go to your you know, capital review committee or your deal review committee or however you go to ask for money to do something and they're like, what? We're not spending $2 million on that. And you have to go through it all again and explain why it's important. So a good visioning session where you get people to focus and talk about what's important to them and talk and talk about what's not important to them. Because if you you say, I think the most important thing that we can do is take care of the, the chaotic situation out on SharePoint where there's thousands of sites and we don't know what's in any of them or who the owners are. I think that's the biggest risk we have and we really need to deal with it. It's, it's hurting productivity and it's a risk from a data breach perspective. And everybody else in the room is like, I don't care about SharePoint one bit. What I'm worried about is email. I want to get an email roll-off um, situation uh, started. I want I want regular email roll off. I want Teams chats rolled off. I don't want anything that's um, you know uncontrolled like that. I don't want it hanging around because I'm worried about litigation. That could that could come because they saw it happen to a competitor and there was a big fine, or it could because they came from another company where they got in huge trouble, or because your your company has recently faced a challenge like that. So that kind of conversation happening in in this environment is the, the biggest reason for doing visioning. And it is the most valuable thing to inform your next step, which is going from ideas to an executable plan. And we talk about that plan as a roadmap. And then for each phase of the roadmap, you can build multiple implementation plans and project plans. And we're gonna talk about that in future episodes, but that's what you want out of this meeting. You want to hear what people think and you want them to talk, even if, even if, or maybe especially if they don't agree with you or with each other, because if they don't agree and they don't say it, you're not going to get very far. Yeah. I think the key piece out of the visioning session is you want it to be real. And, and what I mean by that is you can come with all of your goals, all of your objectives, all of those items that Maura had mentioned as this is what a person wants. I, I want to focus on email. You can come with a list of those things and have people read them right in the meeting and react to them. 
But if again, if they're on video conference, you might not get all of the true reactions that you want in the discussion of how you're going to get from point A to point B. That's the real piece, because there's going to be people who are going to have to give up something. Their, their software implementation may not go first because we're going to focus on email implementation or I'm sorry, but email roll off. You know, there's there's that balancing act and the priority piece that we want to have that discussion as part of the visioning session as well. That's a really good point. People are going to have to give things up because there isn't infinite time or money to get everything done. I wanted to make one more point before we finished up with this discussion. The, um, the most important thing about visioning is getting people to talk. <laughs> That's the most important thing. And coming out of the visioning session, you should have a better sense of support in the company. Here's where I wanted to go. What if your company is a meeting before the meeting, meeting outside the meeting, everybody has to be talked to individually before they come together because the meeting itself needs to be a happy, positive, everybody's on the same page thing. That's the public persona, the public characterization of your company. So how much socialization has to happen before? What, what type of company are you when it comes to that? Yeah. And you as an internal person are going to have a good sense of that. And you're going to know, is it enough if I talk to the three key people and get them all on board? And I talk to them each separately. And I know that when we come into the meeting, they're going to speak up. Okay. That could work. Or is it going to be Actually, I am going to have to go talk to every single person that I want to bring in this meeting, and I'm going to have to get their ideas separately and then bring them together. And, and somehow I'm going to have to have brokered where those ideas conflict. That is a challenge. There's no question about that. Information management is a shared activity. It is not an individual activity it is not successful information management. It's hard to do with everybody doing it as an individual. You as a company then lack visibility into where things are being stored. You lack consistency in terms of how people are naming things, organizing them, keeping them with regards to the retention schedule, making those kind of decisions. It, it is a risk for everybody to do their own thing. So if you if that is the environment, if you can't have an open discussion that involves all of the leadership at once, then you've got to work through this iteratively. You can't just talk to everybody separately and say okay to everything they say, because that doesn't improve your situation. But you're going to have to go back a few times and talk about how does this fit together? Okay, well, I, I know this is a risk and I, I heard about it from this other person. Maybe you could have a meeting with two people and try and get them on the same page and then add a third person. But it's going to be slow. And that's part of understanding. Understanding your environment is part of how you grow your information management program. Because no matter what a software company tells you, technology alone cannot solve these problems people have to be part of the equation. And that includes your company culture when it comes to how, it, how you manage information. So 
not to dissuade anybody from doing a visioning session if that's your company culture, just saying you need you might need to do it a little bit differently. You might need to do it separately and then bring it together and then build it up and take longer for this visioning time. It's not going to be a two-hour thing with everybody in the room. It's going to be a half an hour with everybody separately and then another hour with a few groups and then you're going to get it. You're finally going to bring them together in about three months and they'll be ready to make some decisions. That was good. Uh, that was a lot of information, but that was really good. If you have any questions, please visit our website at trailblazer.us.com or send us an email at info at trailblazer.us.com. That's info at trailblazer.us.com. Thank you for listening and tune in to our next episode. Thanks, everyone. Mm-hmm.